Bittersweet, the video game podcast from Foul Entertainment. I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And today we're talking about episodic content and Planet of the Apes, which is a bit of a weird con- connection that we're a making. A bit of a weird connection. It's but... mainly in re- response to the announcement of Planet of the Apes Lost Frontier coming Last out. Last Frontier. Last Frontier. No, I thought I said Lost Frontier. Coming out this year? Uh, yeah, it's coming out this year. Now, this was kind of dropped out of nowhere this past week. Uh, we were lined up to do our Planet of the Apes episode anyway, and we were looking for something topical to talk about in video games, and this just fell into our goddamn lap. Yeah, I did, I did say episodic content. What I meant to say was um, choice-based video game yes. cinematics, but it's the same thing. You, you get what I'm saying. You get the Telltale news. likes. Think Heavy Rain. Yes. Um, and yeah, this this came out. It's not immediately apparent. The, the trailer was just dropped out of nowhere. Apparently, Circus did mention this whilst doing the rounds for War of the Planet of the Apes, that a video game was coming. But this is the first thing we've seen of it. And I watched that trailer and got very excited when I saw it, thinking, fuck yes, Planet of the Apes can work for a video game. This is going to be sweet. And then it turns out the release date is not that far away. It's for 2017. So this is coming out before the end of the year. Now, AAA games don't usually announce themselves with only with less than six months to go, basically. That's not how the video game industry rolls. We know AAA games come in years in advance most of the time now. If not at least one year to go, we will find out about it, as is the case with like, the Far Cry games. Or Pokemon. But, or Pokemon, but... Go that, listen to Gotta Cast Them All. Yeah! <laughs> that shorter turnaround was my first alarm bell. And then um, IGN put out that trailer and then immediately put out six minutes of gameplay. I was like, okay, let's give it a watch. And as you watch it, it becomes very apparent that this is a telltale, heavy rain style of games. Um, Now, if you listen to us long enough, this topic has bubbled up before, in that me and Michael have very opposing views on this type of game. Uh, Maggle, I'll let you say your piece about them. I think they work really well. I enjoy sort of story-based video games because sometimes a video game... Um, it is wholly reliant on its narrative, and that's something that Telltale have uh, championed uh, with the Walking Dead series, with Tales of the Borderlands, the Batman game. Uh, they're making the Guardians of the Galaxy game at the minute, and that's pretty cool. Uh, Wolf Among Us was a particular shining gem in their crown, I believe, um, which was a, a adaptation of the comic strip Fables, which is fucking amazing. Go and play it. Um, stu- and then there's been other experiments like Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls and Until Dawn, which are of varying qualities. Sometimes you get a Beyond Two Souls and you think that this genre is awful and sometimes you get an Until Dawn and it's goddamn amazing. So they are a hit and miss genre, but generally for me, if I find out that there's a good story-based video game coming out, I am first in line to play it. I do want to see where that's going. Whereas Darren... Meanwhile, I think they're a blight on the industry and I'd kill them tomorrow if I could. Jesus Christ. I'd shoot them right in the face because... Fuck me, does it piss me off when I find out games like this? When I see the trailer and think, wow, that can be awesome. Oh, but it's Telltale. Ah, well. <laughs> Won't be buying that then, will I? Oh, God. Ever since the Heavy Rain experiment, which was kind of the one that really birthed this into, into being, I remember playing that game. I didn't really like the sound of it going in, and I played it, and now it might be that's just a very bad example, but I have played one since that I haven't really changed my opinion. I just don't. It's... No. On a personal level, no, they're not the type of video games I want to be playing. But I also don't think it's what this medium is best at doing. They're trying to change the tide of these story, you know, story-driven games. But if I wanted to do that, I'd just watch a fucking movie. I'm in here to shoot stuff and, and jump around and do cool things. Not lifting Hader to face with right stick. Press R2 to put to face. 
You didn't press L1, so he's put the inhaler back down during his asthma attack. What the fuck is that? That's not a video game. <laughs> and I was understandably fucking pissed when I found out that the Planet of the Apes game is going this way. And and it's really annoyed me that you are looking at this game and thinking, that could be good, because that really doesn't compute with me. Look, context is a big thing when it comes to these things, mm-hmm. I think, Dan. And... And in context, now we have just got finished recording our review of uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, so you can go and listen to that on St. Cloud, iTunes and uh, YouTube. Uh, but but here's the thing. A, a, a game like this is what that franchise needs. Because that franchise, whilst being an action franchise, admittedly they are billed as action movies, especially with War 4, you're not really in it for the action. Now, what is interesting about that, and especially with the Caesar story, are the characters, are the interactions, are the implications of what goes on in the world. And that's where I think that this franchise actually fits well into it. There are examples where it doesn't work. Like when people told me that the Borderlands uh, Telltale Adventure Games, I was like, that's not going to work because that's a first person shooter. It proved me wrong because it got the tone right. I think that's what my takeaway from the six minute demo was. They've got the tone of the recent Planet of the Apes franchise pretty much nail on the head, really. I think they've got it 100% right. And while I don't deny that it shouldn't just be a really stupid shoot-em-up game with the apes, that's not what that tone, that series is going for. I just think, I've always thought, right, if people are so invested in storylines in video games, that's a good thing. That's great to demand that level of quality from it. But there are countless fucking video games these days that do both. You get a really good storyline, but then you still get to run around and jump around and shoot stuff and have a little fun time. I've never had fun with these story level type of games, just because you don't feel... If anything, it breaks my connection with what's happening, because I'm just very simply clicking on what, you know, responses I want to give them. Unless the storyline is that fucking good that it can overcome not being a video game, then okay, but... Why couldn't we have had... Let's put it this way. Okay, so the, the, it's, it'd be hard to do this with Caesar's group of apes because there's not many of them. They don't really have big pitch wars with fucking humans or other apes or anything like that. That's fine. But as I've often thought you can do with video games, you go a different route. Those apes aren't the only group of apes that exist. That simian flu wiped out all of humanity and therefore would have got to quite a few chimpanzees around the world. Said it in a completely different part of America, or the fucking globe for that matter, I don't give a shit. And you change the rules, you change the dynamics. You can have a very strong human resistance, you can have two warring factions of apes. And you can, within that type of game, tell a very good story, and maybe even have the moral choices they have here, where you say, you know, an aggressive answer, or a more um, democratic answer. That's fine. But then I still get to be a monkey and run around and climb up stuff and jump off stuff. And don't tell me that you're not at least a little bit disappointed that you don't get to do monkey parkour. Look, monkey parkour sounds amazing, but... No, that's, that's the end. Full stop there. <laughs> no, for every Red Dead Redemption, you've got to get something like a Cod Blops 3. And yes. you can't always strike that balance. What these games do is they strike, they go, okay, this is what we're doing. We're going to do this one aspect really well. And yes, it would be nice to have... Monkey parkour! Now, I'll actually concede something to you here, Darren. That apparently, this gameplay um, for, for Last Frontier isn't going to feature any overworld stuff or any walking about and interacting with the characters, as in, it is an interactive movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I do concede that's not the best of signs. 
Okay. Good. He- yes. Well, however, cool side of the pillow. Shut up. However, if they do it well, I won't really care because I'll have an involvement in a story that because that will have several branching paths because it's one of those games that is built around your choices and how you react to the story. Mm-hmm. What seems interesting is you seem to have control over both the human and ape side. Which right. is, is is a good mirror to the movies, because especially the middle one, where there was a bit more of an even balance between apes and humans. But that's something you don't get in other choice-based video games. You normally really follow a small group of characters, but you don't get to control the other side of the conflict. Mm-hmm. What I think this game has the opportunity to do is to take that concept of controlling both sides of what is a morally ambiguous war of species... And have and have you see everything from every angle? It's something you don't really get in a game like that. No, but then I think well, okay. Sidebar from what I was actually going to say, that could be confusing because you're going to have to take sides eventually. You're going to either want the apes to win or the humans to win, and if you're controlling both sides, it's like playing chess against yourself. You're either going to have to make the humans ridiculously stupid and make them do all the choices you want them to do because you want the apes to win, or vice versa. I think that's actually going to impede people's enjoyment, having to juggle both sides of a very direct conflict between two sides. But then that opens up a lot of opportunities for different endings and on different events, especially if you have agency over both sides and you already hate one. I must admit, I actually think, because I know we've, for ages, with film licensed games in particular, it was always lazy video games that would follow them. They would just, you know turf out the same basic game over and over again swap out the character skins and the models and some of the sets and that would be it and it's a very lazy way of doing it and it's kind of being put to bed now other than for like real kid movies great fine they've all moved over to mobile now that's fucking smashing i think this is just as lazy really yes because they haven't had to think of good gameplay especially for this one that has exactly no walking around or anything like this they haven't had to think of any good gameplay, of any cool new ideas of how to, you know, incorporate this film into a gaming franchise. They've just essentially put together a three-era CGI movie that you have prompts to change certain aspects of. Whereas if they had to be forced to say, no, we need to do a proper video game, like the Spider-Man that's coming out on PS4, I know that's not directly related to a film property, but... They are saying, right, okay, we're going to take the best aspects of Spider-Man, put them into a proper video game, but also we give it a very involved story. You can say the same thing for Batman and the Arkham games. Um, you could say the same for... I'm trying to think of a really famous one that came out recently. It was a movie tying game. Uh, yeah, the Mad Max game was fucking amazing, right? That, oh, that was my video game of that year. Because they took the time, they built a proper video game around the assets and the stuff in the film and made it fun to play. And you can't tell me that there isn't a fun video game in the Planet of the Apes universe. There is, definitely. Yeah. I think maybe a stealth game would be really good inside. Right? Maybe you don't do full-blown, you know, war-on-war, like monkey-on-monkey warfare. Monkey Gear Solid, give it us. That would be fine. I'd be cool with a stealth-based video game where you play as a small sect of apes. Same story setup. And you've got to go infiltrate like a human compound or something like that. Keep it tight knit. It hasn't got to be, you know, a fucking 30 hour long video game. But that's much more interesting to me than this. And I think, kind of speaking more generally now, if this game succeeds and and more properties like this, like the, the Guardians of the Galaxy works out. I know The Walking Dead's already very popular in, in the Telltale games. I'm worried that more and more of my favourite franchises are going to do it. And that's really my real beef with this. You're just bitter about the Jurassic Park I am so (laughs) fucking bitter that... Right. Coincidentally, 
Between recording the Planet of the Apes review we just did and this podcast, Michael saw a trailer for a new Jurassic Park game, which is essentially Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, which was the theme park builder from like 10 years ago on the PC, is now fully freshed out in HD on PS4 and is coming next year. And I, how excited did I get? Uh, the most excited I've seen you all year, probably. Exactly, right? I still think it's not actually the best use of Jurassic Park. It's the one that makes the most sense. But why there hasn't been a Far Cry type game yet set on um, Site B, I don't know. Because that, that fucking Site B, Island Sonar, is set up for a fucking Far Cry game. There are dinosaurs running wild and you can go and capture them and shoot them or do whatever you, you got to fucking do, right? This is the next best thing. Roll back a few years when it was like, oh, a new guy's got the, the you know, the Jurassic Park license. They're going to do a proper video game for PS3 and Xbox. I was like, oh, fuck yes, here we go. It's going to be Telltale. Fuck's sake, god damn it. <laughs> That's going to happen. And I feel, again, because they've already got in bed with Disney for, for Guardians of the Galaxy, they're going to do a Star Wars game like this. They're going to do any film franchise you can think of. This is going to now be the normal template. And I'm just... That fucking bothers me. Here's the thing, though. I still think, franchise-wise, a Star Wars Telltale game would really work. Mm. You could tell a very good story with a Star Wars license, which is what I think you can do here with the Apes license. It doesn't work for every movie license. I will give you that. The Batman Telltale video game doesn't work that well. Right. It's, It's technically sound. Like, you know what I mean? It fits the mould very well. And obviously, Batman is a morally ambiguous enough superhero as it is for that to work. However, it's not the best one in their in their repertoire. Because a Batman video game should be Arkham. Yes. It should be. And I don't think there would ever be... A, a video game would ever come for a franchise that I was invested in where I would ever think this is the way to do it over and above any other type of style of video gaming. I mean, yes, there's some that you'd like. I wouldn't want to see a first-person shooter set in... What franchise wouldn't that work for? Like an X-Men game that's, for some reason, a first-person shooter. That doesn't make sense. But there's so many options you can do now with various styles of video games. There's a lot of competent video game studios out there now. The amount of shit games we're getting is on the decrease, I think. Most of the time now, the AAA games are either mediocre to middling or very, very fucking good. It's a great time to be a video game right now. This is going to stop that. You would never be able to show me a, uh, let's say, a Star Wars game where I'd think, oh, yeah, this is definitely the best kind of Star Wars game. Not running around with a lightsaber and doing, you know, double flips in the air with the Force. Nah, I want to tell Obi-Wan Kenobi to go and talk to that guy at the bar and ask him about Death Sticks. I do not want that. That's a bad example, considering that the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie got announced. Oh, no, I'm excited <laughs> for that. Oh, God. That's going to be good. I wonder if Ewan's back. I hope he is. Surely you you can't. You only make that movie if Ewan's coming right? back. Right, yeah. right. There's no way around that. You Unfortunately, can't... it has to be Old Man Obi. That's the only <laughs> That's the only movie you can make. <laughs> that makes me very happy. It, even though I'm not actually the biggest fan of Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, I only want him back to do it. Because I think he's now a better actor than he was yeah, back de- then. Definitely. So that could be interesting. We got on a tangent there. Sorry about that. But it's a tangent that works out because... If they did, not that they would, because now it's a movie, but if they made an Obi-Wan Kenobi story-based game like this, I'll play the fuck out of it. I wouldn't. I think it'd be amazing. Nope. Because that character is put in an interesting situation where he isn't going to use the Force, where he isn't going to pull out his lightsaber all the time. What is that? Look, you've got the fertile playground of franchises to tell different stories. Are you telling me that you really wanted Logan, the movie Logan, to be similar to X-Men 2? 
No. Exactly. What I'm saying is that you don't use video games as the method of telling this. I would even be okay if people started to categorise them as two very different fucking things. You had video games and then you had interactive storytelling that was mainly kept to its own bespoke platforms. You did it on phones, tablets, PCs, the works. It's when it comes into the PS4 and it's treated as if it is alongside other video games, which I don't think there is really all that much of a connection between other than they run on a PS4. That's really as close as they get to me, especially ones like this with no walking around, no exploration, no fucking nothing. That's not a video game to me. That would not have worked back on the SNES days and it doesn't fucking work now. So if you want to do that type of story, there's plenty of other mediums to do that in. Do it in fucking audiobook, do it in do it this type of thing in mobile platforms. Just get away from my PS4, is my point. And if it was a kind of case of, well, you don't have to play these video games, and no, I don't. But the more they happen and start happening with franchises I do like, like I now don't get to play a Guardians of the Galaxy game because it's fucking Telltale. I don't get to play a um, a Planet of the Apes one. I don't get to play a Jurassic Park one until next year. It's going to narrow the amount of games that I would otherwise be interested in playing. But in the wide spectrum of things that you have in video games now, because especially with PS4, like that's a platform that's rife with sort of the indie market now, mm. offering you a lot more different things than just the standard AAA stuff. And maybe I'm the the more sort of auto lover style because a lot of AAA games now don't appeal to me and I don't really like and with good reason because you get stuff like as much as I'm back on the horse now you get stuff like No Man's Sky which is Mm. hyped to shit and not really worth your time however that is now worth your time do play No Man's Sky post 1.3 it's very good Um, really seriously it's actually improved a patch can fix that who knew it's really good now Um, but that's the thing I don't give a shit about Say Assassin's Creed Origins. Right. I've played that game, Darren. I don't want to play that game yeah, again. Yeah, you're right. There's only so many times that you can do that over and over and over again, but with a different colour palette. Right. Same with, you know, we've had games like, not essentially like Plants the but your pitch of doing the, the stealth, I guess a stealth open world game where you play as a monkey with a gun. <laughs> like, just think of that on, sentence. On paper. And you're voting against that I sentence. am voting against that for this franchise because Ugh. I feel like it would ruin it. And because we've got now the ability to have, okay, we've got the PS4, which is a game that can run Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. And at the same time run, runs a very small game like Not a Hero, which is a 2D side scroller, which yeah. is very bit crushed. And, it, you know, it's to the game's aesthetic. Right. What this game is doing is supplying an aesthetic that is competent with its franchise. And whether or not that's what people want, I think they'll decide when they've played the game. But because you're not open to the new, the idea of having a new experience and playing a different style of game, yes, like you said, but I think it's unfair to segregate interactive storytelling away from traditional games because traditional games are evolving. Mm. I would say they're evolving, really. If it's more and more this becomes prominent... It's going to be an issue. There is a litmus test on the horizon, Michael. Something I know that if it turns out it's a Telltale Star game, you will be fucking crushed as much as I will be. We know there is a AAA Avengers game in the pipeline. Oh, yeah. There is one on the way. If that fucking comes out as a fucking Telltale game, I'm at the fucking roof. (laughs) I am so pissed if you're denying me the chance to play as an Avengers video game. But instead I have to, you know, do... Instead of being to fly around as Iron Man or smash shit, you know, building up as fucking Hulk, I have to go and tell Thor and Captain America to talk about, you know, the milk situation in the fridge. 
I'm not going to be happy about that. Look, okay, did you see the uh, beta footage of the scrapped Avengers game where it was first person? Yes. That looked great. Right. But the thing is, I would never have thought to do that game as a first person game. So we should be open to new experiences because I think the Avengers game probably would have looked like Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Not that I'm knocking it, one of my favourite games. Mm. But traditionally, you know, superhero games are either well away from the action and on like an isometric grid like... Ultimate Alliance, yeah. or they are the Spider-Man method, or the Arkham method. Mm-hmm. First person, I would never have thought to do that, especially not with Captain America. That makes no... S- okay, yeah, that, Captain- that, that did look a little spicy. Iron Man, yes. Yes. And Hulk. Hulk, yes, but Captain America? Really? Okay. But it looked like a combination of like Mirror's Edge and Call of Duty, and it was mm-hmm. like, okay then. So why shouldn't we be open to the idea that a story-based apes game can be good? It's not that it won't be good. I personally don't think I would care. Even if it came in as like, this is the greatest game of the year. I'd be like, no. There is, it's not actually physically possible for this game to be better than um, Breath of the Wild. That's not going to happen. That's true. No amount of fucking talky-talky video game is ever going to beat that. So if we're not aiming for the zenith of what video games can be, which will always be stuff like Breath of the Wild... Then I'm almost of the opinion, like, well, why even fucking bother? Yes, it has its audience, but, okay, let me put it this way. I don't ever want to say that I'm completely closed-minded. If you can point me to a video game, a Telltale-style video game, that's not necessarily related to something I care about, it's like the, the Gardens of the Galaxy or something like that, and gave me that and said, this is the best example of this franchise, I would sit there and I would give it its fair shake of the stick. I have tried it before, like I said, I did borrow Heavy Rain and tried to get through that, and I just found it wasn't for me. I would give it a go. But even if I did turn out that I like that specific example of it, I still think it's a blight. Because I still think it's still going to take away video games for me that I could otherwise have enjoyed in different genres, and now I can't play them because they're interactive storylines and not Stealth Monkey Shoot. Okay, now Stealth Monkey Shoot would be a cool game. Yes. I want Monkey Gear Solid. But even in the interactive storytelling genre, there are far different options to choose from. You have Until Dawn, which is essentially... You, the choose-your-own-adventure horror game, genuinely a terrifying experience with really, really cool mechanics. For example, one of the best mechanics in that game is uh, in a tense moment when the killer is about to get you, it'll go, hold still. And you know the um, motion sensor in your controller? Mm-hmm. A little barrier, like the, the light like on the PS4, you've got the backlight. That appears on the screen. And you've got the little thing. And if you... Because it's a tense game. I, I advise right. you to play it atmospherically because okay. fuck, it's intense. But obviously, if you shake, if you're scared and it goes past the thing, you're dead, son. You're dead. And it's it's so innovative. If you go for the traditional sense, I would say you could play The Wolf Among Us, which is adapted from a common book you've never read, so you could get a fresh interpretation on that. I've remembered something. What's that? The Game of Thrones Telltale series is free to play on PSN this month. Oh, yeah, Or it maybe is. it was last month. I'll give that a go. Okay, okay, maybe it isn't the greatest example of the series, but that is something I care about and wouldn't necessarily want to play another video game version of it. Pitched a, 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 a kind of one-on-one Tekken, like Soul Calibur style thing for Game of Thrones would be fucking cool. No, that would be badass. That would be sweet as fuck. Um, so I take that back immediately. But I'll play that, because <laughs> I know it's a side story. It involves a house that isn't really in the main series, so that could be cool. Um, Here's the thing, though, Darren. Have you played the game L.A. Noir? No. I get, oh, I was gonna thought I was gonna say you've already played it, uh, 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 one of those games. <laughs> no, because essentially, if you take away the open world bit from LNOR, which is essentially just there is gunplay, but it's not very good, and there is driving, but it's not very good. It, it, it be- <laughs> really selling this game, Michael. Really selling this it's game. It's a good game though because 
it's a detective simulator and you're going around interrogating people and collecting evidence and that is a story-based game you're getting involved in the cases so i don't think we can cut it off because i think inherently the things that it does bring to the industry are important Clearly me and Michael will not be able to come to a decision on this. So um, feel free to weigh in with your opinions. Um, I, mm, I genuinely think I'm for turning. And I don't think you are either. No, I'm, I'm very much on the, on the train of this. I think Last Frontier looks really good. I'm not going to lie. I think the animation looks beautiful. I think the setting's great. I think it does play into the franchise's strengths. I'll play it. I hope it sucks a dick so in two to three years' time we get a proper Game of, uh, game of Thrones, a proper War for the Planet of the Apes video game. Monkey Gear Solid, make it happen. Monkey Gear Solid, hell yes. So yeah, please do let us know in the comments how you feel on this debate. Um, if you feel like there's a game out there you feel could turn me on to video, to storyline-based video games, do let us know. I am not that close-minded a person that I will dismiss it completely without giving it a chance. Despite the last half hour of audio suggesting otherwise. <laughs> but um, again, I'm, I'm being open to being wrong. I've been wrong several times in my life. I mean, it's a rare thing, but it's okay for me to be wrong. Um, and to be fair, you actually want this. Whenever I rally against something without really dipping my toe and giving it a fair chance, I usually end up with egg in my face. That happened with Game of Thrones. That happened with Avatar. That happened with uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I was very wrong on all those things, so I'm prepared to be very wrong again. Won't be, but I'm prepared to be. <laughs> As yet, do let us know your comments down below. Plug away, Michael. You can go and follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at thatmikeowen, and you can go and follow the site on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, and Minds at, at FowleyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Darren? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Guthridge. You can go check out my Instagram at the G. Uh, as I said, we just recorded a review for Planet of the Apes. We know it's quite late, um, but that's on Maggle. Uh, so we yeah. got that out. Also, it gave us the perfect opportunity to do this, so who cares? Yes, it did. It was actually a perfect lining of the start, so that's good. Uh, do go check out our new YouTube account. As I said, we've got lots of our old podcasts up there now. Uh, Pitch Intense, uh, Pitch the Spider-Man Homecoming uh, sequel is on there right now. Uh, including pictures of all the cast and who we want them to play. So a little bit added extra if anyone who's already listened to the podcast. Uh, and that's it. What have we got up next, Michael? Uh, so in terms of movie reviews, um, there's a lot of movies that we're not actually seeing together. No. I think Logan Lucky will be the next one. Yep. Um, and then I know that for A Bit of Sweet, we want to be talking about um, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and nostalgia and video games, because that's... Something that I'm very 50-50 on, which would be yeah. make, make an interesting episode. Uh, we're going to talk about DLC versus uh, microtransactions and which one is the bigger evil in video games. We're excited for our new podcast. Uh, we're trying to keep them shorter as well, just because we want to, you know, spread ourselves across all levels of podcast enthusiasm, whether you have 10 minute commute to work to listen to us or a full goddamn four hours to listen to everything that we do. Uh, we're just trying to get everything out for you. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. The, the content's been, gr- like, if I do want to say so myself, mm. we've been getting better at this, uh, which is good because we've been doing it for three years. Jesus Christ. I mean, on this website, anyway. On this website, we've probably been doing it for close to six years at this point. Oh. I think on that. Jesus. I was letting people into my university that were born in 1999. I'm not okay with this. They're going to be 2000 next year. I can remember the year 2000 quite vividly. Interesting thought about the people who were born in the year 2000. Never have to remember how old they are. That's very true. <laughs> they were also born after Pokemon Red. Okay, that sucks. Someone applied as a mature student. They were born in 1995. Oh, God. Uh, uh, that, was a, that was a bittersweet note to end on. Bye, everybody! Bye! <laughs>